Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hi, I'm Danny Elfman. This is Shirley Manson. This is Debbie Harry. This is Chris Steyer Blondie. This is Roland Olsabal from Tears for Fears. This is Billy Idol. This is Alex Ebert, a.k.a. Edward Sharp, giving the story behind the song. Hi, this is Peter Chotty, host of the story behind the song. Each month I speak to some of music's biggest artists to get the inside stories behind their most lasting and iconic songs. Join me for new episodes on the third Monday of every month on the story behind the song from the Consequence Podcast Network. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. All right. Welcome. I am David Frangioni and uh, publisher of Modern Drummer. Elise is with us. She's a great singer, songwriter, drummer, of course. And uh, we're going to go over all. We have lots of questions for her. And we're going to start at the beginning. She's uh, 21 years old, but she's already been playing the drums for well over 10 years. Very accomplished musician and has a lot to share. And thank you, everybody. There's just so many drummers joining the Modern Drummer family every day, and we're very grateful for that. ModernDrummer.com slash subscribe. Uh, I don't know where all the drummers are coming from sometimes, but we're so grateful for it. And you guys just keep coming because, man, we're just working really hard for you to bring you tremendous value and insight and access and inspiration. So without further delay, I am going to bring on with us now Elise Tro. Elise, come on. How are you? Hey, David. How's it going? I'm doing well. It's going great. Thank you. So let's start at the beginning. You started playing drums at age nine. Take us to that time period, why you got involved with the drums, what inspired you, what you started learning. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, yeah, so I guess I was playing piano at the time, taking classical lessons, and then my mom uh, for Father's Day got my dad the video game Rock Band, and I was way into the virtual drums that were on there, and so um, I kind of started like obsessing about getting real drum lessons because I wanted to like actually do the thing. and. Um, Basically, yeah, my, my mom knew a friend of a friend that taught drum lessons and I ended up starting to take drum lessons with him um, when I was about nine and uh, just got way into it. And he introduced me to a lot of the music that um, influenced me, my drumming. And um, yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, like the getting influenced by a video game to start playing music, but it really developed into like a path, like a a passion for me. And when you started playing, you, did you start on a practice pad or what, what was your evolution like in terms of really finding the instrument and growing? Yeah, so when I started, um, it all kind of started when I took my first lesson and my teacher, Dave Blackburn, um, he 
Well, also my parents, in the beginning, they're like, we're not going to buy you a drum kit until we really know you're into this, because, um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of, a, it's a, definitely a big investment. And so um, we, we got a little practice pad and uh, Dave was teaching me rudiments and like my stip, stick grip and all that, that sort of stuff um, before even like developing onto the full kit. And so um, I, I can't remember exactly, it must have been a couple of weeks that I was just doing that. And then um, after a few months, my parents were like, oh, she's really serious about drumming and um, invested in, uh, it was a Gretsch Catalina kit because I was very small because I was a nine-year-old girl, but um, that was like one of the only kind of size kits that I could really reach the pedals on. And so um, we got a, one of those kits off Craigslist and um, that's kind of when I started really diving into the full kit, you know. And then after that, you discovered School of Rock. Talk to us about School of Rock and what influence and impact it had on you and, and that time period in your life and your musical growth. Um, so I think I think the, the first experience I had with School of Rock was a summer camp in LA. And then since I was based in San Diego, um, I started going to one that was uh, based in Vista in San Diego here and um, that kind of took me from practicing alone in my in the basement and then put me in a room full of other students and young musicians um, in a way that made me very nervous at the time but also just like really pushed my development as a drummer forward um, and I, yeah I think like in the beginning I was, just, I was really nervous about it but my mom was like hey like it'd be cool if you like started doing this and I was always like really I still am I think pretty shy, but um, I I was really nervous to do that. But it, it that was probably the thing that made me just like really pushed me forward into like wanting to do music for something more than just a hobby. Um, and my teachers at School of Rock were all amazing, and the the program just really like helped me, especially like get over stage fright and like learn how to play with other musicians. And so that was a big part of um, my musical development for sure. Well, that's awesome. And, and in fact, when you, you must have found that when you push yourself like that, it, it kind of helps you break through the barrier of the fear, because that's one of all of our greatest fears is playing with musicians you don't know, you don't know how, how good anybody is or how judgmental anybody is. And it's just a very scary environment, but you grow through it. Definitely. Yeah, it was, it was one of the best experiences of my life, definitely. Yes, yeah, and School of Rock provides a lot of best experiences for people's lives. It's a fantastic, fantastic uh, place to learn. And it was kind of insta-band for you, right? Because a lot of times people have to put ads out or network and figure out like, hey, who can I play with? But this was your opportunity to really play with live musicians regularly. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think like going into the program, a lot of the, the other students were so much more advanced than me, which really helped me also like learn quickly. So it like pushed me to kind of keep up with them. And I'd only been playing for about a year when I joined the program, but there were, there were kids that had been playing for a long time and were really talented there. And so I think like that part of it, just kind of being thrown into the deep end really inspired me and encouraged me to like, just keep getting better. And then what happened for School of Rock? What was the next step in the evolution? Um, I kind of started, so one of the, the my teacher at School of Rock, um, he began teaching songwriting classes, which is something I hadn't really thought about or even 
explored at the time. And I'd mainly just been kind of like learning how to play songs, performing them. And that was like kind of the, the School of Rock model. But um, my teacher, uh, Tom Mitchell at School of Rock, he started teaching songwriting classes, which kind of opened up my mind to, I started using like GarageBand and started kind of make, coming up with these compositions um, of my own. And in the beginning, it was a lot of just like kind of MIDI patterns and noises and, and kind of figuring out how to even like work the, the software on my computer. But that I was probably about 12 or 13 when I started doing that really. And I hadn't started singing at the time. So it was all like instrumental compositions that I was coming up with. But um, eventually I kind of started singing and like writing and stuff. But my, I think my voice was really not developed at all and my pitch wasn't very good. So um, I was very shy about it. But um, I, I guess that was the, kind of the transition from kind of thinking of myself as a drummer playing live and then also kind of opening up into that, oh, I'm, I'm creating these pieces or compositions and kind of delving more into the songwriting world. And and really the launch and beginning of you as an artist in addition to being a drummer, because now you're a songwriter, singer, you're really a complete artist. Yeah, I kind of, that, that definitely encouraged me to kind of even think about that um, in a new way, you know. And being a songwriter and a singer, has did that change your approach to drumming? Uh, definitely. I think like when I was just playing drums in, in a group, I would kind of be thinking of it just from a drummer's perspective. And then um, I, I guess I, I wouldn't always really understand like, oh, why is this person playing this part? Why is this person singing this way or, or something? And um, I think kind of developing other like learning other instruments and beginning to sing and songwrite. Um, now, when I when I play drums, uh, if I'm like coming up with a beat, I'm like, oh, what's something that I would like to sing over? What is something that I think would sound good with this certain bass line or something, you know? And so I think that is something that all drummers do learn how to do. It's just, um, I think that kind of propelled that for me um, in like viewing it in a, viewing drums as a piece of a larger picture of music really very powerful so who are some of your drumming influences i know we talked before and you mentioned steve gadd and just like phenomenal drummers have influenced you so tell us a little bit about what drummers they are and what kind of influence they had on you what you've taken from that yeah, so my, my first teacher, Dave Blackburn, introduced me to um, artists like Steely Dan, like Tower of Power, so like David Garibaldi, and um, more like funk type of stuff. And because at the time, I, I grew up pretty much listening to like top 40s, which was when I was in fourth, fifth grade, it was all like electronic music. So I really started listening to music from like the 70s, 80s, um, and those types of like that, because that involved like live drums. Um, and so, yeah, my, my teacher, Dave Blackburn, introduced me to like David Garibaldi, and then my other drum teacher that I started working with later on, um, Matt Lenat, he introduced me to like Stuart Copeland, Steve Gadd, Buddy Rich, and um, kind of a lot of our, our lessons, we'd, I'd go in and he'd be like, oh, I found this cool video, let's like kind of decompose what this person is doing and really dive in and figure out a way to kind of learn it and then apply it to like what like my drumming style really. Gad's drumming is so perfect for every song that he plays that you must have really connected with that because you're a very 
uh, you know, song appropriate drummer. When I hear your drumming, it like it you, it fits the track exactly where the drums really, you know, fit. They just sound great. Gad does that on every track he plays on. Did you did you find that too when you were checking out Gad? Besides all the chops that he has and the great innovations, just how much in the pocket and and what he what he makes a song feel like. Yeah, definitely. I think I think what I love about his drumming is like his drum beat can really get stuck in your head. It's like so melodic and so musical that it's almost like a little melody within itself, which I always find interesting about like individual pieces of music all forming one composition. Like if if you can like sing the drum beat kind of in your head, then then it's I feel like it's something musical, you know. Yeah, and that's and Buddy would do that in his solos. Right, all every time you hear his fills, they're all little melodic phrases that just have so much. You, you can sing them, like you said. They really are just they're they're played at blazing speed with great virtuosity, but they're just these incredible melodies, almost like you would expect out of a trumpet or a saxophone or you know a, a pitched instrument. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your drum setup. Um, you play pearl drums, peisty cymbals. Take us through your setup and why you've chosen what you, what you use and, and how it applies to your approach to, uh, to putting a drum kit together for your music. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing Pearl for a really long time. Um, my second kit actually was a, was a Pearl and um, now I'm using a vintage Pearl kit that, that I found online and I just like love the sound of it. So I've been using that for pretty much all of my recordings, my live shows, um, it's basically kick, Oh, the snare is, is a Pearl Jupiter, which uh, I was inspired by Stuart Copeland because he was using that uh, Pearl Jupiter in some earlier recordings. But um, and then I have my high tom, floor tom, so I kind of have like that jazzy two tom setup. And then um, I have my big beat, Pisces ride, my dark energy, hi hat and crashes, um, which I love. And normally I have like one, I'll, I'll do like hi hat ride and then one crash kind of opposite the ride so that I kind of have this um, side by side thing and I have one I kind of switch between the 17 inch and the 19 inch uh, dark energy crashes from Pisces and then for six I use regal tip um, which I, I met them at NAMM a couple years ago and tried out the sticks and just like loved how they felt loved the different types of sticks that they have and so I've been um, playing them ever since and on your latest single how to get what you want you use that's the setup that you used on that now are you also programming or are you playing everything live um i guess it, it's kind of a, a mixture it's the drum sounds are all live but i i kind of take sections and will loop certain things and then play a fill over it and i kind of do it in a almost in the same way i do like my live looping where it's it's a, a section of a drum beat sampled kind of in a way um but other than that, I, like I played the, there's a live bass part and then there's a um, programmed bass part. It's, it's kind of a blend, I guess, of there's a, um, a live keyboard part and some live guitar. But yeah, the, the drum set that I used in that was the Vintage Pearl, which actually is also the kit that I used in the video for it because I kind of wanted to like reflect the recording in the video. And with, you know, your audience is, you have a huge online audience. So talk about, you know, interacting online, getting reactions from your audience. You and I spoke one time about the fact that 
you just found it pure inspiration as you shared with me that you can create an, come up with an idea, create music around the idea, put it out to the public and almost instantly get a reaction, get feedback, find out if it's resonating, find out where you want to take it from there. Talk a little bit about that since you have such uh, a presence online and you have such an interaction with your online fans and community. Uh, yeah, I think like the the part of that that I find really exciting is um, I'm really into like the creative process. And then once I've released something, I, I kind of just want to like put it out there and then it, it's done. It's like, right, it's there. People can like watch it. People can listen to it as they please. And then I'm kind of moved on to the next idea or project or, or whatever I'm working on. So I think that what I really like about what the internet has to offer is like just the speed at which I'm able to um, like come up with something, release it, or like even just like release a little clip of something I'm working on, or even if that doesn't develop into like a full idea, just being able to share um, the, the process or progress or say, hey, I'm working on trying to learn how to make my drums. Like here's a little clip of what I'm working on. So even if it's not a full complete song, it's like um, just kind of sharing not only the music, but the, the process and just like ideas and kind of, sometimes I'll even like ask a question like, oh, any tips for, how to make this kind of setup or whatever. And, and I think I just love like getting comments and um, being able to like talk with people in the comment section about whatever it is that I'm, I'm working on at that time. And just like hearing other people's perspectives and just that, that ongoing interaction I find to be um, really a cool thing. Hey everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. So we've gotten a lot of questions uh, that people want to ask. I'm going to bring our producer, Taylor, uh, back with us taylor where's mr I, whipple as chad I am smith here. actually calls him so let's go through some questions for elise we got a ton of them but let's get through a, a reasonable amount to uh so we don't keep her here all day so what do we got sure all right so first question asks uh you know i love your style of music but have you ever had any interest in venturing more into a different genre such as alt rock or maybe country um I guess growing up, like, as far as like playing drums, I was interested in a lot of genres. Like I would do, I was playing a lot of rock at one time and then some more like funk. And then I got more into jazz with um, like being in the high school jazz band. I kind of like learned about reading charts and that sort of thing. And I think all of that sort of influenced the type of music that I make as an artist. Um, it's kind of got that like it's indie, pop, rock, jazz, all kind of fused together. But um I guess like specifically the, the genres that you mentioned, I haven't really, really considered um, like delving into country or anything like in my songwriting, but I think I, I do have an interest in a lot of different drumming styles. Sure. Next question asks, is there a soundtrack from a video game that you listen to occasionally or has inspired you at all? Oh, interesting. Um, so a couple of tracks from, I don't know if you guys know the game, it's called Beautiful Katamari. Um, 
it's it's like this game where you have this ball and you're pushing it and you just roll a bunch of stuff up and you try to make it as big as possible so you like roll up little toys and things until you're big enough to roll up like people then buildings and it's this like thing but they always have these really cool songs playing um in that soundtrack that for a time i would like listen to and definitely like the style of that has some somewhat inspired me very cool all right next question asks Will you ever make an album of live loop tracks? Um, I don't know about entirely made up of live loop tracks. I am in the process of um, like printing a collection CD of a lot of the stuff that I've worked on over the last two years, which does include like three or four live looping tracks. But um, I think I do I think the live looping part I like for live and videos, but as far as recording goes, I do um, like the process of being able to layer more stuff um, in a more like kind of organized way than sometimes the live looping is a bit more spontaneous and freeform. Um, so I guess the answer is partially, <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Next question asks, what's your creative development process like? Creative development process. Um, yeah, like, like in, order, in other words, what inspires you to write a song and then start working on it from the germs of the idea to fit, you know, producing it? Oh, I see. Um, lately, I've been really inspired by making videos and um, I, I self-produced my last video for, for my single, How to Get What You Want. And um, so it's, it's kind of, I guess like a backwards way of doing it, but um, I've kind of had a lot of like ideas for videos in my mind. And sometimes that will inspire the creation of the song. And um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. But in the past, I, sometimes it's just, you come up with like a little phrase or a word that you want to build a song around, uh, but Mainly, I'd say also lately, I've been kind of starting with the drums because that's where I feel like I'm the most like creative and just natural. And so I'll come up with a drum beat or some kind of rhythmic element um, to build the song around. Very cool. What is your biggest challenge of being a solo or looping artist? And would you have any advice to a, a musician who wants to maybe practice music more solo based and, and not rely on other musicians as much? I think like maybe the biggest challenge is mm, like just somewhat lacking that this spontaneity of playing with other musicians and the the type of improvisation that can come out of it. Because um, the sort of live living that I do is pretty much all pre like kind of thought out and arranged. And I, I do like that part of it. I like the kind of coming up with a composition and then following that. But um, I think there is like lacking that element of when you're just like playing or jamming with other musicians, um, That that's just, it's almost like something you, you can't really even compare the two because they're just so, so vastly different. But I, as far as the advice goes, I'd say, um, I don't know, just like, just go for it, like just get into it. Cause it, it's, if it, if you're doing something solo, it's just you. So it's really just you pushing forward and, and really trying to, to move forward with your project or whatever it is that you're working on. So um, I guess like maintaining that inspiration, finding what, you know, it's like drives you, what inspires you to um, do that is, is really important. 
What does your practice routine look like? Um, I honestly don't. I I practiced more, like specifically drums, like growing up when I was I was really focused on do, doing that for a long time. And so, um, over the last couple of years, I've kind of I was practicing singing for um, a while, like a lot, very regularly, and then. Um, there's been a period where I'm practicing songwriting or practicing recording, so it kind of comes and goes. But um, a lot of times when I when I'm feeling like practicing drums, I I just kind of sit down and will come up with I, I guess I kind of come up with an idea in my head of like a beat or something that I want it to sound like, and then I'll work on making that like a reality um, on the kit in a way. So like. I don't know, and I, I just kind of play, and I just have fun. <laughs> the next person asks, what would be your favorite or ideal collaboration? Who would you like to collaborate with? Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of Stuart Copeland. Um, I love a lot of his work. Uh, drumming and his songwriting, I think, is really cool. Um, I've also been really into Lewis Cole's music. I think he's another example of a drummer that has really he, he's really both um, a songwriter and a drummer. And so I think that's very inspiring um, for me as a drummer songwriter. But yeah, I think he'd be like really cool to work with. Very cool. Uh, next question asks, uh, any tips for maximizing sound quality in a recording space? Do you have a particular setup that you like in order to you know get the, the most benefit? Uh, I have to say, I really don't know much about recording. I've, I've only just started getting into that. Um, whenever I, like any songs that I've released, uh, I haven't like engineered or mixed, so I'm just gonna say that up front. But as I do, quote unquote, like engineer my more like casual, like Instagram videos and stuff. And lately I've been using this new microphone called um, the OC818 from Austrian Audio. And um, it sounds great for like, I've been doing these one mic drum setups in my videos. And so I feel like it really captures like a wide range of frequencies and um, just sounds really good with with the drums. So um, yeah, I guess I don't have much else to say on that. I'm, I'm really just starting to get into that. Have you checked out at least the, the Yamaha EAD-10? Have you had a chance to check that out? Mm -mm. It's a, you'll love it. And I think a lot of the, the viewers here today, you should check it out. It's a great piece. It's kind of an all-in-one you mount um, a sensor and a microphone in one enclosure on the top hoop of your bass drum and attach it to a little brain on the side and through your smartphone using this interface and this microphone slash trigger, you can record drums and play along with songs and record them and record videos. And it's oh, like wow. an all-in-one production center for the modern musician that's uh, extremely, extremely cool. Oh, wow, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I think you'll really oh. like it. I think you'll find it useful. So I have a question for Elise, and that is, what's next? You, you're, your new single's out. I know you're working it to radio. What's what's going on now, and what's what do you see in the next chapter? Uh, yeah, I guess I, I've really been focused the last year or two on songwriting, like kind of coming up with how I want things to look and sound. Because I, I kind of have a vision in my head of how I want that to be, but really getting myself to the place where I'm happy with what I'm making and and um, just releasing like things that I really love. And so 
Um, I, I guess it's kind of like an ongoing goal as an artist, just to like be releasing things that you like, but so it's a bit vague, but um, I guess like the direction of my last single is kind of where I'm headed. And then also the, the recent collaborations that I've been doing on Instagram, where I've been posting a drum video and then uploading the audio for people to download and, and work with has been really inspiring for me. So I think like figuring out more ways to do like online collaborations with um, people who follow me, my friends, just different, a lot of different people. Um, just because I think that's something that is, I don't know, it's, it's always different. So like working with just finding, I don't know, like new ways to collaborate really is, is, is a big thing for me. And you're always working on new music and writing and, and recording. That's just never stops, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Taylor, what's our wrap up question? All right, wrap up question. I figured uh, before we even get to that, I'll share with you a really cool collage that uh, one of your fans sent in. So hopefully you can see that screen now. So kind of a, a cool piece of uh, art. So thank you to the uh, person who sent that in. That's really cool. All right, from a fan, very nice. That's very sweet. Thank you, Taylor. All right, so for that. last question. Um, this person mentions that you know you you ex mentioned experiencing stage fright is there anything you try and do to calm your nerves before you go on and, and perform um i guess like when i when i first started performing i just like think i don't know i don't know if this is even helpful or like a healthy way to do it but <laughs> i sometimes will think back to like my worst or like most embarrassing performance and i'm like well it can't be that bad so like I don't know. I, I guess it could be, but I just try to remember like all the times that I've gotten through embarrassing moments or moments where I've like made mistakes on stage. And I just always think like, oh, I got through that. It's fine now. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen really, you know? So I guess that's my way of getting through that. But I don't know if that's, if that's helpful. But. Well, that gives you confidence, right? Because it's, you're basically psyching yourself that you've already been through the worst so whatever happens you're ready yeah yeah pretty much and e even if it's worse even if it's the most embarrassing performance or i, I really make some big mistake or whatever it, it's i think a lot of times people you know it's it's just more of a thing in your head really than than people watching and so even like thinking back to when I, i've watched a friend perform and they're like oh i made this huge mistake i'm like i had no idea like it sounded great to me so i think like just being aware of um how other people are perceiving it and like not trying to get too caught up in, in your own head about it is, is important. And staying composed, like what you just described requires that self-awareness that maybe you made a mistake, but the rest of the world doesn't know that. So, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to just kind of go through it so that the audience never really notices anything and they, they stay, uh, you know, entertained. Yeah, pretty much. I got an interesting question recently for you out of our, our email bag of questions. And I found it so just like out of the blue, someone emails us and says, is, is Elise going, it would ever consider doing stand-up comedy? I'm like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> what are we missing here? Like she plays all these instruments and is doing all these projects and loops, but what's this about stand-up comedy? What, what are they referring to? <laughs> I guess I, I do. I do like being silly online sometimes, and um, I like to make jokes. And I'm def. I, I I'm definitely 
on the on the more jokester side of my family um but i don't know i don't think i could ever ever do stand-up comedy like that's very intimidating to me and i don't think i would have the skill set to do that necessarily but i do have an interest in humor and like i don't know i like to have fun well, you can see it from, from your online fan base. And uh, Elise Tro, thank you so much for taking your time today and sharing all of your all of the insight and, uh, and, and ideas and just, you know, an inside look at your approach to, to drumming and art and singing and songwriting and loop making. And we're very grateful. Modern Drummer, everybody, here is Modern Drummer, our latest issue that's actually right before the Aaron Spears issue that just came out and uh, want to share with everyone that Modern Drummer, when you subscribe to Modern Drummer, it's analog and it's digital because the fact is a lot of our subscribers want both. They still want to hold a print magazine and yet, of course, they want all the access that you get and only can get digitally with the videos and the archived content and everything else. So thank you everyone for, for your support, moderndrummer.com slash subscribe. Thank you, Kelly Peisty and peisty.com. Thank you, Topeka, moderndrummer.topeka.live for online virtual meet and greets. And of course, Don Lombardi and Drum Channel, drumchannel.com. And most of all, Elise Tro, thank you so much. We can't wait to have you back on our All Access Hits webinar and cover the next chapter of, uh, of your career and all the amazing things you're doing. And thank you, Taylor Whipple. And thank you, everybody. Stay safe. This is a crazy time out there. We wish you the best. We'll be here for you always. And uh, stay safe and healthy. Elise, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, David. This has been fun. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.